Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Due to the global pandemic, the deadline to file your taxes for 2019 was pushed back to July 15, 2020. If you haven't filed for 19 yet, there's good news. The Tax Defense Group can e-file your taxes for you. The process is quick, and for millions of people, you'll get money back. So, what are you waiting for? Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And with me today is my good old pal, Hani Amadian. Hani, how you been, man? I am doing great. Uh, I am very happy about this long weekend that we're about to have. And I am looking forward to not going anywhere because I do not want to catch the Rona. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no nobody wants to catch that uh i mean i feel like maybe the NBA NBA players are gonna be in a bubble. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe adam silver does but uh yeah no everybody be in a damn bubble of some sorts uh if you can so we can get through this damn thing already because i'm ready for for life to go back to normal and sports to be back to full capacity and all that stuff Safely, of course. So, all right. So today we are going to talk about uh, what's been going on with the Lakers lately. The last time we talked, uh, since the last time we talked, there has been some pretty significant news regarding the Lakers and really the NBA. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Avery Bradley not playing with the team uh, to finish the regular season and in their playoff run and the Lakers signing J.R. Smith with that open Uh, roster spot and then we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about their schedule which uh, was quite a bit different than what everybody was expecting based on reports that came out so uh, we're going to talk about those things today Uh, as always guys if you like podcasts or you're listening to this on youtube uh, be sure to like this video and uh, be sure to subscribe to lakers outsiders and newcast studios on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts and of course you can always follow lakers outsiders on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders, and you can like us on Facebook as well. And of course, you can get all of our content up on LakersOutsiders.com. Uh, you can follow Hani on Twitter at H O N I A H M, and you can follow me at on Twitter uh, just at Gary Kester. That's G A R Y K E S T E R. Can't promise you that the tweets are always going to be good, but sometimes I land a good one. So I I can. Oh, there you go. Follow <laughs> Hani. So. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's let's jump on into this. Uh, 
like I mentioned, big news from the Lakers within the last, I don't know, week or so. Uh, Avery Bradley has opted out of joining the Lakers in the Orlando bubble with the resumption um, of, the, of the NBA season, uh, the final eight games of the regular season, and their playoff run. So, uh, honey, what was your initial reaction to this? And I guess just kind of talk about your your thoughts on how big of a loss this is going to be for the Lakers. Um, yeah, so, I mean, number one, uh, I think the only correct initial reaction is to just be supportive of Avery Bradley. Um, his decision was based uh, on his family's health. Um, he has a child who's had issues with uh, respiratory illnesses before. Um, nothing but respect for Avery, just making sure that his family's safe and healthy over anything else. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know. You know, it's hard to talk about basketball when there's obviously such a very important uh, thing affecting so many people. Um, but on the basketball side of things, with Avery being out, um, I, I go a couple different ways on this. I think Bradley has had a very important impact on the team, even if his play on the court hasn't always been great. It's uh, up and down to me. Uh, there, There's aspects to his game that are very important uh some things that uh he's definitely sometimes a detriment to the team for but uh from a team mentality perspective i think avery bradley is as important as anybody mm-hmm. um and especially coming out of the gate this season just making defense the thing that this team wanted to focus on um that's changed throughout the season but they started the year out just demolishing teams defensively and i think that really helped the team become coherent, uh, gave them uh, a great team chemistry. Players were trusting each other uh, defensively, which meant that they were then trusting each other offensively. And I think Avery Bradley, just at the point of attack, being this fierce competitor um, and and really hounding opposing point guards was honestly about as important as Anthony Davis on the interior or as LeBron kind of coming out with, uh, you know, a mission of, proving to people that he can play defense still um, or that he wants to play defense still. I don't think Avery Bradley is the team's best defender. I don't think he's even the team's best perimeter defender, but I think that sort of just the mentality that he provides on that end is really, really crucial to the team. Um, On the other hand, I, I don't really perceive it as being a huge issue for the Lakers because I think the guys that were playing behind him at that point guard position, whether they be Alex Caruso or Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, who I'm sort of expecting to start in his place, um, I think those guys can kind of provide everything that Bradley does, and in some cases, even provide more than him. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of hit the nail on the head with like the mentality I think that, that Avery Bradley has, and we saw it. I mean, in one of the Lakers more recent. Uh, games their second to last game uh, against the the Clippers. Uh, yeah. Everybody knows like Patrick Beverly is a guy that tries to get under your skin. He's going to talk a lot of trash, get in your face, all this stuff. And we saw it in the Clipper game. Not only did Avery Bradley play extremely well and hit a number of uh, big time shots, a lot of threes in that game. I think he ended up with like 22 points or something in that game. Uh, was really really valuable. But he's just a dog, man. Like he's not going to back down from anybody and. Yeah. That's what I've I've always respected about his game. 
I know like the last few years have been kind of tough for him because he's been dealing with injuries and, and stuff like that. Uh, had kind of a rough go with the Clippers um, a season ago. But like I said, he's just a he's just a dog, man. He's got that tough mentality. He's he's I mean tough physicality as well, and just the type of guy you want on your team. Playoffs, you know. Obviously, the shooting kind of comes and goes, and his like his overall value hinges pretty heavily on that on the offensive side, whether he's just hitting open shots or not. And in the Clipper yeah. game, he did, and the Lakers, I mean, really kind of took their game to another level when he was hitting those shots. Um, so. It's definitely a note, like a, a noteworthy loss, I think, um, for, for the reasons you mentioned, like defensively, I thought he was a great fit next to LeBron. LeBron's basically the, the offensive point guard. And then on defense, Bradley is that guy that chases around, you know, opposing point guards and really gets into their face. Like the, the signature play this year, at least for me, uh, that kind of really just signifies like uh, who Avery Bradley was for this team was that play against the Sixers where he just yeah. rips the ball away from Al Horford and gets the ball to LeBron and kicks it up ahead. I think it was to KCP for an yeah. easy bucket. Absolutely. Uh, just unbelievable. And like that's that's who Avery Bradley is. And so I hope this isn't the last we've seen of Avery Bradley in a Laker uniform. I think he has a player option for next year. And I think he's probably earned – uh, some more money based on, you know, his, his current contract, I think is like $4 million a year and he could probably make more than that. But, uh, you know, I mean, free agency is going to be tough to tough to predict, uh, this yeah. year with who knows, you know, how much the money the NBA is losing and, and, and stuff like that, just with, with everything that's gone on, or you, you just don't know how, how talks are going to go. But, uh, I, I've appreciated Avery Bradley, uh, for, for the, for the things that we talked about, uh, just I, I love the toughness that he brings, the defensive effort and energy. And I, I think he's had a pretty nice bounce back season, uh, considering, you know, I think he was finally kind of healthy this year. Um, and it was just really nice to see. It was really, really nice to see. And uh, definitely gonna miss him. team's definitely going to miss him. 100% respect his decision. I probably re- like – commend him for his decision to put family first and uh i don't remember the exact quote but the quote that he had uh was something along the lines of like there's nothing more than he wants than to be you know by his teammate's side and and chasing a championship but he ultimately he plays basketball for his family you know to provide for his family and and that's that's obvious you know that's definitely the number one most important thing so uh totally respect his decision and for the most part, from what I saw, fans seem to seem to respect it. So uh, that was good to see. I mean, you're still going to have your knuckleheads out there that think that they the athletes should dedicate their entire lives to their favorite team, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, I was I was pretty pleasantly surprised with the the fan reaction and uh, for what he's given the Lakers this year and, and for, for this, hopefully uh, we get to see him in purple and gold next year. But if not, you know, I appreciate uh, what he was able to do for the Lakers uh, in his, you know, possible uh, short time here. So, um, so do you think, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, the Lakers can probably overcome the loss of Avery Bradley, which I would, I would agree. So do you think they still have enough without him to, go ahead and, and win the West and win the, win the NBA title this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it really significantly 
changes my mind one way or another um, about their chances at a title. Uh, to me, it, it might maybe decrease the margin of error a little bit. It's obviously an issue if somebody goes down with an injury, which is very possible considering the circumstances that they're playing in. Um, you know, if, God forbid, KCP goes down with an injury, then you lose another guard. Now you're left with Rondo, Caruso, and the two guys that you've signed that you haven't even seen play for your team yet in uh, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. Um, so, you know... In that sense, yes, it's a little bit scary. It's just a reliable player that you had and that you've played more than 40 games with and you kind of know what he's providing. Um, but from just an on-the-court perspective, uh, you know, if, if KCP is the guy taking most of his minutes, he's going to provide most of the same sort of defense against point guards while also being able to hit shots more consistently if it's Caruso, it's somebody who can play make a little bit better than Avery, in my opinion, who can guard bigger guys um, and who can cut uh, and, and finish around the rim better than Avery. Um, the one thing I'm, you know, kind of a little bit more scared about is whether this means we get even more Rondo minutes, which I think, <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but also it's not. Um, because I think one of the very key things in... Uh, whether the Lakers can win a title this year is genuinely how much Rondo plays. I don't think this team can go as far as it wants to go if Rondo's playing more than like 15 minutes a night. And even that at times might be pushing it. Yeah, I'm like fully on board with being totally wrong and seeing like I want to totally see Rondo. Playoff Rondo. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize I was recording this podcast with Anthony Irwin, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh no like i i hope we see playoff rondo and i hope we see like that dude that in years past has elevated his game in the playoffs and and makes us all look bad that'd yeah. be great that would be, honestly like i i think i said this on the last podcast that i recorded which of course i i did like uh like a solo pod of uh top five like role that could win them a playoff game. Obviously Bradley was in that top five, and then <laughs> right after he announced <laughs> that uh, he wasn't going to play. So I gave him the, the old Kester, Kester kiss of death. But, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, to me, it'll be really interesting to see how Frank Vogel adjusts uh, to this and really kind of tweaks the rotation because you're losing a starter. Like, that's a pretty big deal in terms of not only the things that we mentioned, but also your depth. And obviously, like, rotations get a little bit shorter in the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's there's that to factor in. Plus, these guys are going to be pretty fresh. But there's also the kind of the factor of, like, they're not going to be in midseason shape either um, with just eight games under their belt. So, uh, it'll be really, really interesting to see. I, I agree with you. I think KCP takes that starting job. I just hope we see more minutes for Alex Caruso because I think he can provide a lot of uh, some of the same things that Bradley provides, um, especially defensively. Uh, Caruso honestly might be better defensively than, than Avery Bradley. Uh, you know, he like people might think that that's like blasphemous to say, but like Caruso is legitimately really, really good defensively. So uh, I hope we get, we get to see more Caruso minutes because, you know, because of this and uh, I'm cool with KCP. I think that would be, you know, good because, his shooting has been really, really solid this year. 
Um, and I think he's he's better suited guarding those smaller players rather than guarding like a Kawhi Leonard, where he's just too small to guard those guys. So, uh, yeah, I it'll be curious. To, I'll be curious to watch um, or curious to see what Frank Vogel does with the rotation with Bradley out. But I do think the Lakers have the pieces to uh, make up for this loss. I think they've got enough depth that a, a number of guys can step up. And I think you still got LeBron, you still got AD, and you got guys that can be able to play off of those two. And I think different guys will be ready to. Uh, hopefully, one of those guys is J.R. Smith. Uh, we haven't seen Deion Waiters in a Laker uniform yet. We haven't seen J.R. Smith, who is going to wear number 21. Shout out to. I'm trying to think. Michael Cooper, Josh Powell, Kareem uh, Rush. Kareem Rush. Hey, Travis I'll... Ware. Oh God, <laughs> Travis Ware. That I, I was gonna earlier this year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost a former North Carolina Tar Heel legend, <laughs> J.R. Smith. Obviously, like J.R. is a very polarizing figure for his uh i don't know his his decision making i guess obviously there's the the popular meme that that goes around of of game one of the finals a couple years ago with LeBron and jr dribbled out the clock in a tie game yeah I, he's very polarizing but i do think that he can be very valuable to this team uh What's I mean? What is what is your take on J.R. Smith? I mean, obviously he's probably not going to have a very big role. I mean, he's probably going to play some spot minutes here and there. Um, but what do you think? I mean, he can bring to this team. First of all, I got to say, signing J.R. I have the Lakers have my full support uh, on this, mainly because I want them to win a championship have a parade with nobody there because there's still a raging global pandemic going on and JR still being there shirtless drinking a bottle of Hennessy. I was uh, like looking I was like looking up old uh tweets of of mine about JR Smith and the Lakers and like I remember I, I forgot that I quote tweeted uh Hennessy uh, became like official sponsor of the day. And so I made a comment about J.R. Smith coming to the Lakers like a while back. And hey, sure enough, I he's, think uh, I ha- he's, he's a Laker. I think I had one from like last year too about future Laker J.R. Smith. <laughs> so very much vindicated. Um, from an actual basketball standpoint, which is what we tend to talk about on this podcast, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, like you, I, I don't really expect J.R. to play a lot. Uh, I think this is more of just an insurance thing. Uh, in the event of what we said of another injury happening and the guard depth being uh, shut down a lot more without Bradley there as well, then JR could see some uh, some more minutes. And, you know, that's still important for the team to get the right players in that situation, especially considering these dudes are going to be in training camp for like two weeks and then have to play NBA basketball for the first time in four months. Um, there will be injuries almost certainly. Mm-hmm. And so getting a guy in JR who's a veteran, who's been in uh, four NBA finals, I believe, um, and had some great performances next to LeBron, honestly. Like, everybody remembers the game one mistake, but he legitimately has had some great performances in the playoffs with LeBron, and um, the two of them have worked great together, which is why LeBron obviously has 
really happy about um, his former teammate joining him. Um, JR is a guy who can hit shots. He is probably the highest volume shooter among any of the Lakers already um, in terms of three-point shooting. Because, you know, like Danny Green is probably the most reliable three-point shooter. He doesn't take that many of them. And KCP is turning into that sort of player um, just because he shot it so well. But he also likes to uh, take guys off the dribble a little bit more. JR is somebody who will take eight or nine three-pointers a night if if allowed, if, get, if he gets enough playing time. And honestly, like, even if they don't all go in, that's crucial for the NBA offense in this era to work. You need that sort of spacing. And uh, his shot is respected around the league. Guys are going to go out to the three-point line to defend him. Um, I see him kind of working in that Avery Bradley uh, profile offensively and that he's going to be standing in the corners and ready to fire. Um, and to me, he's a much more reliable three-point shooter than uh, Bradley is. And for that reason, I'm I'm totally okay with this. If it comes down to JR playing 10 minutes a game in the playoffs and he can hit a couple of threes, then that's a good, very good signing at this stage of the season by the Lakers. Yeah, I, you know, obviously there's there's the LeBron connection. Like, he, he has experience playing with LeBron and won a championship with LeBron in Cleveland. And like you said, has had some some big moments. And that, that Cavalier playoff run uh, that they won the title in 2016, uh, he, I mean, granted, it was four years ago. But, uh, I mean, he was a valuable part of that team. You know, mm-hmm. he, he gets a lot of jokes. But, like, in that, in that playoff run, he averaged 11 points a game, uh, hit 43% of his threes on seven three-point attempts a game. Like that's that's huge, um, you know, and to be able to to add that. And plus, I mean, he's like you said, I mean, he's insurance. He's probably not going to have like a very big role with the team. Um, but he's he's another guy that, you know, kind of has like that toughness to him that you want on your team that isn't going to back down from anybody. And he has a ton of playoff experience, man. Like looking like I didn't realize this until I looked it up. He's played in 130 playoff games in his career. So. Like the guy has been on, I mean, looking at you, looking at the Nuggets for I think five five playoff runs. Yeah, five playoff runs. The Knicks for two playoff runs. Uh, the Cavs for four playoff runs. So I mean, he's he's played on some good teams. You know, he knows kind of how to how to I mean how playoff basketball works. Granted, never played playoff basketball with no fans in the stands, but uh, <laughs> you know. When when the, he's played in the high intensity games and you know he's he's won a championship he's played next to LeBron so I think it's it's a pretty good fit obviously he's not going to just like replace Avery Bradley but you're hoping that basically you get a collective effort to replace what you lose with Avery Bradley uh, yeah. and hopefully you just get like some contributions here and there like Dion Waiters you know you hope that can come off the bench and and deliver like some playmaking uh, like when LeBron is resting. Um, and you hope JR can come in and, and hit a couple threes and, and Caruso can play good defense. And, you know, you just get those little contributions from, from everybody and the team will be just fine because your, your two superstars are obviously going to produce, I mean, night in and night out. So, uh, I like ton of sense. Obviously he's a clutch sports guy. Uh, the Lakers have a ton of those guys on their roster now, but Hey, I'm not going to complain. I mean, that, that relationship that Rob Palenka has built uh, with, with Rich Paul and that agency uh, helped the Lakers get LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. So uh, yeah. I'm not going to complain about that one bit. 
And yeah, I mean, I'm totally fine with Jr. Like, I think you know, playing next to LeBron is is like that's like the perfect guy to to have on the team for him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all, like if there's one game where Jr. just gets hot from three in the playoffs and kind of sparks the team and, and helps them get a playoff win. So yeah. plus, he, he's that kind of guy. Plus he's, he's the only other veteran guy that the Lakers have seen uh, in a workout in, in somewhat recent months. Like he, he was working out at the same time as Dion waiters and they chose Dion over him, but uh, they obviously have seen enough from him to feel comfortable signing him. Uh, the only concern here should be that he has not played NBA basketball in literally 20 months. And so you never really know what sort of rhythm he's going to be. He's not really going to have a lot of time to get in rhythm before the playoffs start. Um, but if he does, then he's a very dangerous weapon. And one of the, one of my favorite things that I've learned since the Lakers have signed him that is that J.R. Smith is top five and three pointers made in the NBA finals. <laughs> All, d- Great stat, and I hope he plays in the finals and, and uh, ranks up a little bit higher. Let's get him, like, top three. That'd be perfect. <laughs> and the yeah, next year, no. number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's been a while since he's played in an NBA game. Um, so, you know, it's going to take uh, some reps, I think, for him to really get back in the swing of things. But the, the fortunate thing for him is, like, none of these guys have played in an NBA in months. So... Uh, you know, they're all going to be looking for their, for their legs, their rhythm, all that stuff. And, um, so, you know, hopefully he just kind of fits right into where everybody else is at and the Lakers can, can get him going and he can just fit into his role and just provide, uh, what's needed of him when, when his number is called. So, uh, I like it. I like it. I mean, I just hope, I really hope that the Lakers win the title this year, obviously because we're Laker fans, but before the season, like if you told like if we look back if the lakers are holding up the trophy and like you rewind back to before the season and you you would have said the lakers are going to win the championship with dwight howard jr smith and Dion waiters on the team people would have laughed at you like <laughs> i i don't know like <laughs> it's just such an incredible collection of players just I, top to bottom Everybody's a meme, and I love every aspect of this. See, we got the last dance with like, which was basically they say it was a documentary about the Bulls, but it was basically a Michael Jordan documentary. So LeBron's like, "All right, I'm gonna win a championship with J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, and Dwight Howard on my team." Which, no, I mean, I don't mean to like slight Dwight Howard, but like, because like he's really changed the perception of him yeah. this year. Uh, but going into the season, like people laughed at the Lakers. And we're like ridiculing them for for signing Dwight Howard uh, because mm-hmm. of how the previous handful of years have gone for him. So uh, you have the right leadership on the team. I mean, you can fit in guys like J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters, and you can be fine. I mean, yeah. like I said, J.R. Smith was on a title team with with the Cavs in 2016, and you got a guy like LeBron and AD and Frank Vogel's done a hell of a job, I think, with this team this year. I think uh, the pieces can call away. So I think the Lakers are going to be fine. Uh, this first segment went a little long, but that's okay. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break 
and uh, give you guys a message from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up by talking about the uh, Lakers eight game schedule before they go into the playoffs. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, But first, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. Due to the global pandemic, the deadline to file your taxes for 2019 was pushed back to July 15th, 2020. If you haven't filed for 19 yet, there's good news. The Tax Defense Group can e-file your taxes for you. The process is quick, and for millions of people, you'll get money back. So, what are you waiting for? Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800 800- 850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. All right, so the Lakers have eight regular season games before they dive into the playoffs. Uh, they're going to have scrimmages as well before that, which is essentially their preseason. Um, I think that's like with local teams, and those won't be televised. Uh, I'm sure we'll get like reports on on those and stuff, but um, just like some some reps to get them ready to go for the for the season. But the Lakers uh, schedule came out, and it was different than what everybody anticipated because we saw reports of uh, that basically the schedule was going to resume as normal. You were just going to skip over the teams that weren't in the Orlando bubble. Uh, so we thought the Lakers were done with the Clippers, uh, but apparently they're not. That's their first game uh, on July 30th, and it's like, hey, welcome back, both you guys. Here's a, here's a heavyweight fight for you in your first game back. But the Lakers schedule... I mean, all of these are neutral site games. Like, none of these are, I guess, wait, the Magic are in the bubble, right? Yeah. The Magic, I guess, are the only team that can claim these are home games. Yeah, they're, they're super used <laughs> to playing at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some of these teams are, are used to playing in front of, like, not that many fans, right? So, uh yeah, so the Lakers schedule is as follows. They start with the Clippers, and then they play the Raptors, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Pacers, the Nuggets, and wrap things up with the Kings. So, Hani, what do you think of this schedule, and how I mean, how, how do you think the Lakers are going to approach this? Because I've kind of wondered if they approach it like, like the preseason where it's like, okay, we want to just kind of get through these healthy because we have such a big lead on the number one seed, which like doesn't really even matter that much anymore because you're not getting home court advantage. Yeah. But like you, you want to keep guys healthy, but at the same time they've been offered by the time like games start up, it'll be about four months without game action. Like, do you get more reps? Do you rest guys? Like, I mean, what, First, your thoughts on the schedule, and then maybe like uh, Vogel's gonna do uh, with the rotation. Um, my very first thought with the schedule, especially because this came like I don't, I, I don't know how time works anymore, but like a couple of days after Adam Silver said that they're coming back because sports matter to people and it's not because of money, is that I laughed very heartily at them adding an extra Lakers Clippers game for opening night, quote unquote. Um, just to rake in, rake in a little bit more 
excitement and uh, that sweet, sweet cash. Um, <laughs> I just hope that adding this kind of game because of this rivalry doesn't mean that the players do something dumb and play way too intense in their first game back after four months and we get injuries and that's on both sides. I just, I, I hope that they play that smart. Um, other than that, it's, it's pretty much what we expected. Uh, it's a fairly tough schedule, but one, I think everybody's schedule in the bubble is pretty tough because nobody's playing against the worst eight teams in the league. And uh, number two, I don't think we can really even say what schedule is hard and what isn't because we don't really know how, what teams are going to look like uh, after coming back to play. We don't know what teams are what of the top uh, top tier teams, which ones are going to take this seriously and try to win games, which ones are going to rest players. Um, honestly, like. I think playing against teams that are pretty secure in their playoff position is an advantage over playing against teams that are fighting for those play-in spots at the bottom of the conferences. Um, so, I mean, beyond that, I don't, I don't really have a take on the schedule. It's just kind of like, I don't really know what to think. You know, we don't know what any of these teams are going to look like. Um, but to your second question, I, I hope. It's it's a really it's a very tough decision, honestly, for Frank Vogel because you want to get these guys in rhythm uh, and get them back to where they were, where they were kind of peaking at the right time, as a lot of time as a lot of Lakers players, coaches, fans, media people have said, um, you know, coming off those wins against the Bucks and the Clippers, especially, and the one game after that that never happened. Um, so. I, I definitely want that sort of rhythm to come back, especially for the you know the star guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis. You want them to be at the peak of their performance stability uh, heading into the playoffs, but I'm also just terrified of injuries. So I think the smart thing is to give a lot of rest to those guys. Uh, I believe the Lakers play one back-to-back. I wouldn't play anybody of you know huge importance in that uh, in one of those games at least. Um, and, you know, try to get equal amounts of time to everybody to get everybody accustomed to playing basketball again, um, even if it means that you're going to be kind of going through some rust in the first round still. Yeah, that, that back-to-back is they play Oklahoma City and then they play Houston. So, like, Oklahoma City, we've seen the Lakers can beat them without their three best players. So just, like, yeah. rest the three best players again and just have <laughs> Kusuma go off for 40 and then the next night you can rest all the bigs because you're playing the Rockets who don't have any big guys. So like you can get like you can kind of balance things out in that back to back. I, I kind of like how that, that uh, came out. I, I have a second suggestion. Actually, we should only play the bigs against the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll out Javale, Dwight, AD, Devonte, Kaycock. I don't know Kuzma as your starting five, and just if, roll with if, it. If, uh, yeah, if Dwight does play, we're still kind of waiting word on that. Uh, yeah. I want him to start at point guard in that game. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as the schedule goes, like, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get eight games against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, <laughs> I would have settled for four games against the Suns and four games against the Kings, but we got one game against the Kings. So, I mean, I'll, uh, and it's the last game where we're probably going to play the end of the bench. Uh, Jared Dudley is going to play like 39 minutes, which will be great. But 
I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you said, though, I mean, the schedule was going to look tough regardless because, like, you throw out the 10 worst teams. You're not playing teams like the Warriors or – God, I don't even know who else was that bad this year. But, and yeah, like, you're not playing. <laughs> it's been so long that I just don't even remember, like, what happened in the NBA. Uh, but, yeah, like, you're, you're not playing the best team. Like, and I think that's kind of the nice thing. If the Lakers do go, like, their usual rotation for these eight games or six of the eight games or whatever, uh, is that, like, you're getting them ready for playoff basketball because you're playing against good opponents. Uh, and you're not having them, like – beat up on the Kings and the Suns every night. So like the schedule is what it is. Like, I'm glad I was hoping there would be no back-to-backs because like the, between the, the seventh and eighth game, there's, they play Monday, the 10th against uh, Denver and then Thursday, the 13th against the Suns or the Kings, excuse me. And I was like, we couldn't have like spaced that out. So they didn't have to have a back-to-back, but whatever. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's fine. I mean, it's eight games. Hopefully guys can just get enough reps. And really, I don't really care about seeding in all honesty. Like I know a lot of people have said like, I mean, ideally, yeah, you want to meet the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but like, there's no home court advantage. And like, I- I'm about to that like, you're going to have to go through the Clippers anyway. So if it's in the second round, it's in the second round. I really don't care. I would be shocked if the Lakers lose the one seed because they have I think it was a five and a half game lead with eight games to play. Like that's going to be really hard to lose that. Plus, you know, Kawhi is going to sit out some games probably. Um, and the Clippers are probably going to rest guys too. So yeah, I, I'm not honestly worried about these games. Like all I really care about, I, I don't even care if they go zero and eight to be completely honest, as long as they get through the games healthy. Cause I think their first round matchup uh, can be used as like, almost like, more reps to get their legs under them for the really tough games. Cause I, I just don't see a team that getting that eight spot, that eight seed that can beat the mm-hmm. Lakers in a playoff series. I, yeah. I just don't, there's one team that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, and that would be Portland, Same. but Collins really good. And I don't know if they're going to have Nurkic back or what his status is, but if he comes back there, that kind of helps them a lot. Uh, but Lillard and, and CJ just, Lillard especially just terrifies me. Yeah. Uh, but I still think the Lakers would beat them. I, I really do. So, uh, all right, quick before we sign before we sign off. Uh, so we we agree on Portland being the one eight seed that we wouldn't want to see, right? Yeah, I would agree. Okay. What's the one eight seed that you do want to see? Can we do the Suns count? No, they're not gonna make it. The Spurs don't count then either. No, you can say the Spurs. Probably the Spurs, they're not going to have Aldridge. It's just DeRozan uh, 18-footers over and over again. I'd live with that. LeBron, LeBron has enough uh, experience against that. <laughs> LeBron's just going to picture DeRozan in a Raptors jersey and just go nuclear on him. I, I, just, I was going to say the Spurs as well, really just like, because... Sorry, I genuinely really like DeMar DeRozan, but it would... It would kill me if he moved to the West. LeBron moved to the West, and then they had to play again in the uh, in the playoffs after the Raptors won a championship without him. That would oh, be so poor Demar. He he doesn't deserve that. But I would say the Spurs as well, just because I think the Lakers match up really well with them. And like you said, they don't have Aldridge. And like, I mean, you and I grew up. 
I mean, we're similar in age and like we, we grew up, you know, watching the same Spurs and Lakers battles uh, in the playoffs throughout our throughout our lives. And man, I would love to just smack the Spurs in the first round. That would be just glorious. Like a Spurs sweep, like to make like it would be like poetic justice, really, because the last time the Lakers were in the playoffs, they got swept by the Spurs because Kobe was out with you know his his Achilles injury. Uh, hell, the Lakers were starting like Darius Morrison and Goudlock in a playoff game for crying out loud in that series. So it would be like perfect to get the Spurs in the first round and just smack them. Uh, then you know to it'd be like it you know it comes full circle. Do that, and then Dwight walks off the floor with his jersey off next to the link or something. Mitch can come back for it. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah. Oh, that's another team that sucks, the Hornets. Uh, <laughs> just invite Mitch to the bubble just so Dwight can yell at him uh, walking off the court, which I think people said like he wasn't yelling at Mitch, but it really looked like he was yeah. uh, in that, that playoff game. So, yeah, I don't know. I just want to smack the Spurs again. Like I, I really was hoping we would get to play the Spurs again. Uh, but oh well. Uh, yeah. So that's gonna do it for us this time. Uh, it's went a little longer than I thought, but time flies when you're having fun, right? Exactly. And also, as we learned, time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> that's true. Time does not exist anymore. 2020 has gone on for actually 13 years. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get out of here as always, guys. Be sure to like this video on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube uh, or listening on YouTube, and you can subscribe to Lakers Outsiders and UCast Studios on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow Honey on Twitter uh, at H O N I H. Excuse me, H O N I A H M. Uh, you can follow me. You can yeah, uh, spelling is hard, but you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. Uh, and, of course, you can follow Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram. And you can like us on Facebook and get all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. Hani, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, these are always fun. And we, we're, we're going to be looking to do more because we're, at the time we're recording this, we're four weeks away from today. Yep. Hopefully Florida can get their crap together. So, uh, on that note, we're getting out of here. And... Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening. But until next time, this is Gary Kester with a Hanna, with Hanna <laughs> and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out Josh Powell. <laughs> <laughs>